Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives podcast. I'm Oliver Hartwig. I'm joined today by Matt Burgess again. He's just published a new paper, Climate of Fear. It's a paper about the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. And it's a paper in which Matt accuses the Reserve Bank of New Zealand of misconduct. So welcome to the podcast, Matt. Hi, Oliver. Tell us a bit about that. I mean, to accuse a central bank of misconduct is a, an accusation you wouldn't make lightly, I guess. What happened? So the Reserve Bank uh, for the last three years has had quite a substantial focus on climate change. This is new. This came with Adrian Orr. Uh, the Reserve Bank didn't have any mention barely at all of climate change uh, until Mr Orr arrived in March 2018. And since then, it's been a big focus on climate change. Um, arguably, if you just do a word count, more than inflation and other sources of financial stability. So the Reserve Bank's pretty committed, um, and its job as prudential regulator is to write rules for banks. And what the Reserve Bank is talking about is disclosure rules, at least for a start, for banks and other financial institutions that it's responsible for. The Reserve Bank put out a paper two weeks ago called Climate Changed. Um, probably the title was the most clever part of the whole report, to be fair. On page 32 of the report, the Reserve Bank makes an overt threat to banks and financial institutions as their regulator. And here's what they said. And they said it in big, bold text. It was only one of four pull quotes in the entire report, just in case any bank or other institution missed it. Here's what the Reserve Bank said. We will promote banking sector climate change capabilities by increasing supervisory intensity on entities that are not positively progressing their climate change capabilities. And you translate that. Yeah, so that's a terribly worded threat, um, but it is a threat nonetheless. And it's perfectly clear what the Reserve Bank is saying is... Uh, Go along with this political program because that's what's going on here. This is not, uh, the Reserve Bank has not demonstrated a substantive financial stability risk from climate change. Um, it's actually pretty obvious that climate change, it's a big problem, but it's not the kind of problem that gives you financial stability problems in the way that earthquakes, you know, house price crashes and so on do. Climate change is a big, but it's not the kind of thing that gives you financial stability problems. The Reserve Bank, this is quite clearly a political issue. The Reserve Bank is using its powers as prudential regulator to do other things, in this case, uh, push an agenda for climate change. What does the Reserve Bank mean by climate change capabilities? Well, it doesn't say, but the text around that quote implies that it's things like management turning up for training on climate change and so on. So it's very much, a, there's a feel of indoctrination going with the narrative um, complying with the um, the political agenda, nothing to do with financial stability, nothing to do with anything the Reserve Bank's actually responsible for. This is them just using their clout uh, to push an agenda. And, of course, the banks are absolutely going to comply with it because Reserve Bank, if, it's, if it says here it's going to make their life difficult, if it does, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars potentially of value at stake. Yeah, there was a um, curious element of that quote. The Reserve Bank is not asking the regulated entities to comply with any regulations. It's not asking them to play by the rules. It's actually asking them to do something very unspecific, namely to go along with a political agenda. Is that the main issue with that quote? Yeah, it, it's clearly a threat. It's clearly using powers designed to do one thing for another purpose. Arguably, it's unlawful. It certainly strikes me as misconduct. In fact, quite a clear case of misconduct. And, and what is the threat? The, the threat is actually we are going to regulate you and we're going to make it as painful as we can. Let me read what they said. They said, we will increase supervisory intensity on entities that are not positively progressing their climate change capabilities. 
That means we're creating more work for you. We're going to make life difficult for you in ways that Parliament absolutely did not intend when they uh, empowered us to be the potential regulator in the first place. Now, does the Reserve Bank have any role whatsoever in this field? The Reserve Bank Act determines what the Reserve Bank is responsible for. The Reserve Bank Act doesn't mention climate change. It does give the Reserve Bank responsibility for financial stability. So the reason the Reserve Bank is talking about climate change is on the theory that climate change is a risk to financial stability. The Reserve Bank hasn't established any connection to financial stability. In fact, there's good reason to think climate change doesn't threaten financial stability for two reasons. One, the costs from climate change will be significant but very manageable. We're talking something in the order of 2 to 3% of GDP if we do nothing in the year 2100. So to put that in perspective, we'd expect the New Zealand economy to be something like nine times it's larger than it is today without climate change. Climate change would reduce that to 8.8 times. So we're talking, and even the Reserve Bank acknowledges climate change isn't going to stop us from growing. So it's a moderate risk. The other um, thing I'll just throw in, climate change, of course, arrives with warning. We get decades to prepare. This is not a recipe for financial instability. Earthquakes, terrorist events, pandemics, these are the sorts of things that arrive without warning that can uh, shake the stability of the financial system, not moderate costs with decades or centuries of warning. Yeah, I just want to go back to the legal basis for the Reserve Bank's actions. Um, they also have, at least in the remit of the Monetary Policy Committee, a, a task to support the government's general economic policy. That's not really the case here, because monetary policy remit is different from the regulatory function of the Reserve Bank. So in, in that field, the Reserve Bank is not bound to support the government's general economic goals, whether they be climate change inequality or something else. Well, and monetary policy is absolutely the wrong lever to be pulling for a long-term problem like climate change. Money is a veil, right? So monetary policy is going to buy you something in the short, maybe the medium term. But climate change is the ultimate long-term problem. It's, it's here for decades or centuries, mm -hmm. long after monetary policy stops having any effect whatsoever. So I just want to differentiate here. We are not talking about the Reserve Bank uh, in its function as a central bank. We're talking about the Reserve Bank as a regulator of That's the financial right. system. So... Would it be conceivable if the bank actually had had the bank made a case that there is a link between financial stability and climate change? Would it be conceivable that the Reserve Bank would then be entitled to regulate entities for climate change action? Yes, it would. And then it's a question of, okay, what, what's the tools and the toolkit that the Reserve Bank has, given that door to climate change has been opened, that the Reserve Bank can use? So then you get a discussion okay. about what, so, what's the right response. Hmm. Um, so theoretically, it could if it made a case. But as you say, and as you point out in the paper, it hasn't made that case. I think this week we also got a story in Business uh, Desk uh, demonstrating that the Reserve Bank actually knew that they didn't have a case, but didn't try to block the release of documents showing that, right? Yeah, the Reserve Bank is having to go quite a long way out of its way to, frankly, pretend that climate change is a financial stability risk. It's um, hiding at least one opinion that was written, I think, in 2018, along the lines of our view, which is, look, it's hard to see any risk here given the nature of the problem. And that was written for the Reserve Bank, was within written, the Reserve Bank. That was written by the Reserve Bank for the Reserve Bank and it wasn't part of a release mm. that, uh, in response to a request that actually we made, uh, Bryce Wilkinson made uh, last year after a speech by Adrian Orr saying climate change is a stability problem. Bryce asked for evidence of that. The Reserve Bank didn't uh, include in its release back to us um, reference to that 2018 document. Well, that's naughty, isn't it? It's naughty, um, and I think it says something, actually, because, uh, you know, ultimately if there's a case... Look, <laughs> let's be 
let's be clear, we're in an environment where the Reserve Bank, there's no shortage of potential financial stability risks here. We've got inflation uh, on the horizon. We've got elevated house prices and other asset prices. We've got public debt uh, roaring up um, over the last two or three years. These are things that are genuine risk to financial stability. And yet what you've got is a Reserve Bank that seems very much distracted by this other issue that, while absolutely important and absolutely real, it is going to impose costs. You know, financial stability really isn't one of those costs, given all the warning and the relatively um, moderate costs um, that are involved. So, you know, just when we need a central bank that is worried about inflation and actual more pressing risk to financial stability, we've got a governor that just seems uh, almost single-minded on this one issue of climate change. He's simply working for the wrong institution. If he's worried about climate change, he shouldn't be at the Reserve Bank. Go and work for the Climate Change Commission or the Ministry for the Environment or Greenpeace or something. Let me just play devil's advocate here and take the role of the Reserve Bank. Well, if I were governor of the Reserve Bank and try to make my case for including climate change risk in my regulatory actions, I would point out that there are many other central banks around the world doing exactly the same, and where you say, well, until 2018, until Adrian Orr became governor of the RBNZ, our central bank didn't talk about it. If I were Adrian Orr, I would say, well, actually, and and the good thing, too, that I changed this because we're only catching up with what the ECB is doing or the Fed or the Bank of England, they are all talking about climate change these days. Our central bank was a bit of a laggard in this discussion, and they're now coming to the table a little bit late, but with even more vigour. That's probably what the Reserve Bank would say, and your response would be? Well, I think that's the only card they've got to play. It's not like they have substance um, or, frankly, reason uh, behind them. It's just really not obvious why climate change is a financial stability risk. The Reserve Bank itself has not made any case uh, at all after three years of looking at it. So, um, frankly, they just look But their argument would be... Misguided. But all the but, other guys are doing it too. Uh, part of a club called, um, well, the NGFS, um, Network for Greening of Financial something. System problem. Uh, it's literally like an eight-word name. I, I, there's no way I'm going to remember it. Uh, but they joined this club of uh, 95 other central banks and financial supervisors um, in 2018. Uh, the end of 2018, this NGFS was set up in 2017, so uh, the Reserve Bank came on board a year later. And they're all saying about the same thing as the Reserve Bank, which is, you know, climate change is a financial stability risk, rising seas, changing climate, um, it's a problem. We've looked at, uh, we and Ian Harrison, a former economist from the Reserve Bank, have had a real good look at what the NGFS is saying. And um, we've looked at their evidence, and they have exactly as little as the Reserve Bank does. It's You see a strategy in the evidence, uh, both the Reserve Bank and this wider group of 95, 96 um, central banks and supervisors are saying. It's a series of assertions about all the things that could happen from the no doubt real effects um, that we will be confronted with in coming years. Uh, There will be financial losses, these could lead to things, this could happen, etc. It's the statement of possibilities. And then you see these little tricks coming in where statements of possibility in the main body of a report is suddenly converted to a statement of certainty in the executive summary. For Uh, casual observers of politics and central banking, this would come as a bit of a surprise. I mean, can 95 central banks around the world all be wrong about the same issue? Well, central bank scope creep, increasing scope of their mandate. They all have an interest in expanding their budget. 
they're all doing about the same thing and they're all citing each other um, to justify why they're doing it. You know, the interests are aligned. Um, climate change is a politically interesting issue. It's a scientifically interesting issue. And it does have real consequences uh, for lots of parts of government, um, just not central banks. Uh, so you do have this alignment and consistency of talking points across um, a large number of institutions. It doesn't make it right. And you can go and anybody can go and look at the evidence that they've put up and it's pretty straightforward to see that they don't have any. Uh, it's not that difficult to spot. So the other part of this is that what the Reserve Bank here is doing is simply importing the talking points that have been developed by these other 95 institutions overseas. The problem with that is that policy ideas that are appropriate in other countries are not appropriate here because we're different. Because we have. Because we have an emissions trading scheme that caps emissions and that has this profound effect on everything else under the cap, which is to mostly or entirely neutralise these other policies. So we're different. The one word answer then to the question, what should the Reserve Bank of New Zealand do about climate change is? Nothing. And the reason is not because climate change is unimportant. It's because it doesn't pay to have each institution of government doing its own thing on climate. We need coordination. That means it uh, the response to climate and to reducing emissions has to happen in one place. It can't be lots of silos doing their own thing because the, un, the, the virtually guaranteed outcome of that, in fact, the guaranteed outcome of that, is that the Reserve Bank will be spending thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to cut each tonne of emissions at the same time as some other part of government or some other part of the economy can get the same outcome for 100 bucks. So we need that coordination, and the Reserve Bank ought to know above everybody else because it's full of economists, last I heard still, the Reserve Bank should know that if it's doing its own thing in isolation, it's actually harming our ability to deliver on Paris and to deliver net zero in 2050. It needs to be properly coordinated, not through committees, not by talking to the right people, but through a connection, ultimately through a price. We need price coordinating actions across government. Everything the Reserve Bank's doing is a rejection of the idea that the ETS even exists. They don't even acknowledge the ETS in this climate change report. They don't actually acknowledge it exists. We know that they know it exists. What, what they clearly don't understand is the consequences for everything they're doing, which is to basically make the Reserve Bank contribution worse than useless. The Reserve Bank can help us by not doing anything on climate. It's under the, climate, it's under the emissions trading scheme. It's already participating in emissions reduction just by responding to the price signals it's getting from the ETS. It should know that. Mm. Uh, and it should also know that extra actions it's trying to do over and above that actually won't cut any emissions at all. It'll just make it more expensive to get there. They're not helping. I want to finish on the point with which we started, and that was this quote from the Climate Changed Report in which the Reserve Bank actually threatens um, regulated institutions with action if they don't comply with its own political agenda. Now, I've worked in other countries before. I've worked in Australia, in Britain, and in Germany. And I can tell you, if a regulator made such a threat against its regulated companies um, without any basis in legislation, I think there would be resignations. Would we be wise to expect any resignations here? Do you think this will have consequences for the Reserve Bank? And should it have consequences for the Reserve Bank? I think, uh, I think there's no chance of consequences at all in the current environment. I think what you are seeing, you know, Reserve Bank is just one example of um, a very significant breakdown in the independence and the quality of public service in New Zealand. You have a Reserve Bank that is 
plainly outside its legislative mandate. It's scandalous, really, isn't it? Uh, it's abusing its vast powers as regulator. It's pursuing an agenda that um, Parliament didn't intend, and there's no there's no feedback. Nobody's going to court. There's no question of the governor losing his job. There's no expectation of uh, a resignation. Uh, this is egregious. Frankly, if the rules of the game is that the Reserve Bank can read its legislation in the way that it's doing, then really nothing's off the table. Really, the Reserve Bank could um, could take over the police. <laughs> it could start issuing residential visas. It could start doing any job. Because if climate change is a threat to financial stability, then anything is, uh, and everything is on the table, and words stop having meaning. Words and legislation stop having meaning if the Reserve Bank is allowed to get away with misinterpreting its legislation the way that it is, uh, and then using its vast powers to pursue agendas that Parliament never intended. So, and this is a pattern that you're seeing right across the public service. Everybody has to be doing something on climate change. Everything's about everything. Uh, boundaries have been broken down. Responsibilities um, cease to exist. Accountability. You can't hold someone to account if they're responsible for everything. An overt politicisation of a once independent public service. So not unfixable, uh, but boy, we're a long way. We've moved a long way very quickly in the last two or three years, I think. And especially in the Reserve Bank, it's uh, just extraordinary to see basic norms and long-standing conventions uh, going out the window uh, so rapidly. That's a sad state of affairs, but um, at least we've got you. So thank you very much for drawing our attention to these issues. Thanks, Matt. And you can find Matt's report on our website. It's called Climate of Fear. And um, I think it is an important document because if nobody else pays attention to the decline of standards in, public, in the public sector, then I think we'll have to do that for them. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. stay up to date with our latest research, opinions and events, sign up to our weekly insights newsletter at nzinitiative.org.nz.